0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Best beating the Baltimore Orioles. Congratulations to the Rangers. Congratulations to the Orioles. What a year. Thanks to the Orioles for all that you did for baseballs and boring, whether it's with the T-shirts, whether it's with a podcast, Eric Arditti, RDT, the guy, the voice, the face of the Baltimore fans. We look forward to talking to him in the future. We look forward to talking to him every time he came on. And that was because he's good, number one, and also the Orioles are super interesting. They're going to continue to be super interesting. But the Rangers, I mean, they're just rolling, absolutely rolling. And that was a great way to start your day and punctuate that series, which was the call, Joe Davis on the call, we love those calls. Absolutely love them. And obviously the Houston Astros are on the cusp now of playing the Rangers. We'll see. We'll see. I, we'd love to see a fifth and deciding game. I, I speak for everybody. I want to see it. So you have that. You have the rubber meets the road day, the National League, Phillies Braves, Diamondbacks Dodgers, what a day. What a time to be alive in the world of baseball. And what a time to be part of the baseballs and boring family. FanDuel.com slash boring. FanDuel.com slash boring. Be like Pap. Potentially win $150,000. Still in play. We'll see. Big night for Pap tonight. All right. Also, at BB isn't boring. Twitter account. Instagram account. Like we said, it's a great time to be part of the Baseballs and Boring family, and we have welcomed in a new member to the family. Christopher Troy, 12th round pick in 2021 for the Boston Red Sox. Pitcher, pitching in the Arizona Fall League right now. And just a really, really intelligent, insightful, entertaining, articulate, um, you name it, he's it. He's the perfect guy to be our Arizona Fall League boots on the ground correspondent. You're gonna find that out in this podcast. So every Wednesday we're gonna have CT on to break down what's what in life in the Arizona Fall League. You're not gonna find that on any other podcast. You we got it all. We get the playoffs, we get the major leagues, we got everything. And we are so psyched. To have CT join us. As you're going to find out in this podcast, he's got a lot to say, a lot of insight, a lot of perspective. And it's just the type of stuff that you can't get, that I can't give you if I just yapped away into this podcast. But he can. And went long. I mean, went about an hour. But you know what? Those are the best ones sometimes because you know if I'm going an hour, you know by now. If I'm going an hour with someone, I'm just talking. If I got... I, I, If I'm allotted the time and I'm having a good conversation, there it is. Just two guys sitting in the living room talking for an hour. And that's what this felt like, and that's what it will feel like. So, Troy Story. Yes, Troy Story. Life in the Arizona Fall League. I love it. All right, here you go. Here's the first installment. Christopher Troy. All right, listen. There's not a lot of people where I could say I absolutely at this moment right now this is the person I want to talk to, but this is the person I want to talk to. Christopher Troy, um, CT, the guy out in the Arizona Fall League, the guy who has uh, maybe the best personality of any minor leaguer in baseball, um, as has shown on, on social media, we get to that a little bit, but also the guy who has come aboard and, and I mean, I just told you the name of the segment, man, like, the Troy story boots on the ground Arizona Fall League this is our guy you are edu- we're all Christopher we're all about educating whether whether we're talking to Joey Votto whether talking to managers whatever it is we are here to educate inform and entertain thank you so much for doing all three of those how you doing
0: That's a, one, one introduction
1: when, I was going to say that's a long-winded <laughs> introduction, but, but, no, but, you, I, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, Let's go.
0: Thanks for having me on, and Troy stories too. I like, I like, uh, I like that. It's, gr- it's, it's,
1: it's growing on you in the last five seconds. When oh, I oh, absolutely.
0: I as soon as you said it, as soon as you said it, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. So I want to. I want to. I'm going to say, call you CT. I I like. I, is that all right? CT. Okay. You. You. Because you. You latched on to Bradfield right away, which immediately I knew you were. You're. You were a good one. So uh, that's good. <laughs> there's no formalities here. But um, you are playing for the Glendale Desert Dogs, uh, the Arizona Fall League, the Arizona Fall League going on now goes through the early part of November, and this is a big part of this. We want to get into sort of the what's what when it comes to what this life is all about uh, how how it's different than what you thought it would be how you got there but and we want to touch on a lot of things we want to touch on social media we want to touch about your personality we want to touch on you know just the existence of someone in in your your position in professional baseball all of it i mean this is this is a gold mine not only for people listening to this like the average show but honestly, CT, like the fact is that we had on Rich Hill, we had Mike Burroughs, prospect for the Pirates on last, last year on the podcast. And Rich Hill came on and he just mentored him live. And the reason is, is because we're all this together, man. We think we know about all things baseball, but we don't. You are going to tell me things today that I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, you probably come across this sort of stuff all the day, right? That you find out something new that you didn't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems the more that I know, the more that I learn, the less, the less I actually know, which is uh, which is kind of an interesting concept, right? Like every time I learn something, that spawns two more questions and two more things that I didn't know. So, uh, obviously, excited to be here, and honestly, with Rich Hill and, and names like that, Joey Votto. And for me to be on with you, man, it's uh, it's truly a pleasure.
1: Uh, we're all a happy family, man. And, and the T-shirts are on the way, as I told you. But, uh, you know, one of the things he said that, you know, I want you to introduce yourself in a second. But one of the things since he said that, I was, I was, uh, I'll just say it. Like, I asked uh, Brian Abraham, you know, Brian Abraham, farm director for the Red Sox. Yes, sir. Give me something. Give me something. Give me something for, uh, it's like, ah, uh, he's a big note taker. I'm like, all right, you're scratching right where I itch. Okay. So talk to me. Talk to me about you. Like, so you sit, you're, I assume that's true that you're a big note taker. So talk to me about like what, what that entails.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, when you, when you, when you try to schedule out like ideas and creativity, you, I often find myself sitting down and I'm like, okay, now I'm supposed to be creative and now ideas are not flowing. And I have found that. Most of my ideas, most of my most of my good ones, at least, um, happen and are inspired at moments in the day that oftentimes I don't have anything to capture it with. Uh, for instance, I'll be in catch play um, before the game, and I'm working on a slider, and I develop a little bit of a feel for it. And I'm like, oh, that was a good one. Well, how do I how do I hold on to that? Right. So in my mind, in my mind, I've always got something to write with. I've always got something to write on. And it's because little cues like that or ideation um, when it comes to my social media brand or my real estate endeavors, which I know we'll get into a little bit more. Um, but 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 you never know when inspirational strike. And so, you know, I think that those that 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 inspiration really, really needs a systemized way of capturing. And so that's where that's where the note taking comes from. Even players, uh, people that I come across, I'm asking them how to throw the How do they throw their fastball? How do you throw your slider? um and you know they might come up with something that, that i've never heard of before and it's something that i want to go try and it's the same way when i'm when i'm talking with you right like i got my i got my laptop right here i got my notebook right here i'm ready <laughs> I'm ready to take down things that i learned and the things that i that i get to know so um honestly for for abes to to say that to say that about me that means uh that means he's paying attention
1: oh he's paying attention yeah <laughs> no, uh, these guys are everyone they want to know every little thing but and believe me, that's a positive. That's like a that's Absolutely. a check check in the in the positive category in terms of the Red Sox brass. But I will say this: I, so when did you? Because this is I've seen guys do this before, right? But you explaining it off honestly like helps me understand better why you should do it or why you do it. So when did you start doing that?
0: Um, honestly, as soon as. As soon as I got into college, right, like I was a freshman and I really wanted to uh, make an impression on Coach Checks at UC Santa Barbara. And so we're in meetings and it seems like I was the only one writing down, writing things down. And I got a lot of positive feedback from the coaching staff and for uh, for doing things like that. So um, I guess it's just kind of reiterated, reinforced the ideas that I have and the things that I want to keep track of. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, I mean, you're sitting you're sitting down on a meeting you're a freshman on campus and you know you're a little nervous and and there's still that like unnervy feeling, yeah, do I, do I belong here? do I not? And so sometimes those thoughts get distracting from what the coach is saying or from something that is probably important right Like if he's scheduling if he's scheduling an hour of your day to go learn and sit down about uh, and talk about bunt defenses, it's probably important. And the odds that you're gonna remember everything from that call or from that talk slim to none. Right, so in my mind, it was just a way to be more prepared than the person left to the left of me, to the right of me, and then and at the end of the day, it's a competition. And for me, as long as I know I'm prepared, then then I can check that box and I can uh, have the confidence to compete and perform freely. So I think I think that you know, the note taking and 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 keeping track of things, just it's been innate. It's been something I've always done. And the form and the way that I do it has evolved over time. Um, obviously, I can't carry my my iPad and my Apple Pencil with me on the field, but I've got my notebook that I uh, that I that I bring out with me. I've got note cards everywhere. Um, I just like to write. I just like to write.
1: It's good, man. It's good because you know what? Someday the book's coming. I know it is. And, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, and, and I'm not even talking about a baseball book. I'm talking about an inspirational book. I can already tell. But you know, you talked about social media. And uh, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Christoph Troy, um, C H R I S T O P H T R O Y E. Just to clarify, and I I honestly, CT, like you've gotten a lot of buzz, and I know that we've talked about this. You get a lot of buzz because of social media, right? This is you. you're, You're very, very honest. You're very, very thoughtful, and you're very, very proficient when it comes to this. But as you're talking about writing stuff down and the thoughts, you can, you can see how this translates. And I think that this is important, right? This is important that not only are you documenting, but you're getting things out there and people are seeing it. I'm going to give you, a, um, I don't know, man, like tweet, or act, like a post, right? Uh, so this is from a few days ago. You said settling in. Process is greater than outcomes. The AFL is a period along the timeline. Oh, my God. That was a good line, by the way. Uh, 1% better every day. Me versus me yesterday. The optimal perspective for long-term success has gotten me this far. First off, is that you? Like, is that – like, that's all you. Yes, sir. Ah, oh, That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it is, man. Like,
1: it is. Like, every line of this. Like Like, like I said – the AFL, that, by the way, they should put this on the bumper stickers. to the AFL. Is the AFL has appeared along the timeline. I mean, you had, a, you had a lot of good posts. I just like, I'm like, okay, whatever you were doing, did when you were jotting that stuff down, it was good. So, yeah, I, think, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's powerful. I do.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, it just helps, keeps my mind clear. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot of things, I mean, especially in today's age, right? There's distractions everywhere. And for me, you know, it's, it's, I take, I take stock, I take audit of where my attention is, where my focus is at any given moment in the day. And so when there's things out of my mind that I feel like are distracting me from, from my purpose, from my mission, then, um, take stock and like, be aware, like not like don't judge them, don't judge those thoughts, but be aware of them. And for me, just writing those down and really forcing myself to articulate those thoughts, Um, feels like it cleans out my mind, you know? And so when I tweet those kinds of things, like, I don't care how many people see them. I've been doing this. I've been doing this by the way, uh, for a lot longer than uh, I've gotten credit for. It just happens. It just so happens that people are now noticing because now my performance is at a point that is catching eyes. So it's like, Mm -hmm. before I was performing, nobody cared what I had to say. You know, <laughs> and so it's funny because I've continued to do those things and continue to articulate those thoughts. But then now when you couple um, outsized performance, honestly, a 39 and percent strikeout rate this last year, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I got to brag a little bit. I got to brag a little bit. No, we'll, okay,
1: well, listen, listen, CP, <laughs> well, we're going to brag on you plenty. Don't worry about <laughs> it. But, but and you should brag on yourself. But you're right. I mean, you're right. It's it's all of a sudden you perform. People look at the Meyer Leagues. They look at guys who are separate because this is what it's all about, man. Whether it's podcasting, whether whatever it is, it's all about separating yourself. You separated yourself performance wise. You're separating yourself uh, on social media. And by the way, I think that the first time that you came on my sort of timeline was when you complimented Marcelo Meyer on the interview we did.
0: with him, right?
1: So because you're a roommate with him, right? Correct.
0: Yes, sir. Good friends.
1: Yeah, good friend. So like but that's the whole dynamic. I'm like, oh, all right. You know, there's this is another thing that people don't understand. That, that yeah, okay, um, give you an example, like whoever, like Julio Rodriguez isn't rooming with somebody at the Ritz. But he did at some point. Yeah. And, and and so anyway, well, there's a lot to get to. I want to I've been remiss in saying of sort of introducing where we got to this point. But I think this is good because it shows everybody like how awesome you are. And now we're going to tell you everybody where how that awesomeness was developed and how you sort of landed here. And I could go through your Wikipedia page and everything else, but I want you to do it. I want you to sort of just sort of bullet point elevator pitch like who you are, where you came from, and where you've landed.
0: Yeah, I grew up in a uh, suburb of the Bay Area, Brownwood, California. Um, My dad was a Marine. Uh, He was out of the service when my mom got pregnant with my sister, who was two years older than I am. And so I feel like I kind of grew up with my parents, right? So me and my sister are the two eldest, and I've got two younger brothers. But um, I could tell, and I've told my parents this a thousand times, like they've gotten more and more relaxed with every kid, uh which is which is kind of funny to say but uh grew up i mean really strict household my dad was obviously marine and you know strong attention to detail um very formal yes sir no sir kind of kind of kind of guy so um grew up in that situation i was blessed with good genes from 6'4 250 so uh i feel like i stand out just by just by being on the field uh, which really helped my recruiting process got recruited a catcher in high school I uh, committed going into my sophomore year of high school so early. Um, but I committed to UC Santa Barbara just because it was the best total package financially, academically, and athletically, baseball wise, right? Like I thought it was, it ticked off every box. Um, ended up going to Santa Barbara as a catcher, um, fresh off the Under Armour All American game, 18 years old, had a little bit of an ego to me uh maybe still do but you know when you're 18 years old and you and, and you're one of the best four catchers and and uh amateur catchers in the game you know it's i guess i'll give myself a little leeway like it's tough to it's tough to not have an ego yeah uh, but i got humbled quickly man and and one of my good friends now eric yang he was a year older than me he's currently in triple a with the reds uh catching dude's an absolute stud and um coach check it's called me into his office and said, Hey, you probably will not be contributing behind the dish this year. Um, but we know that you have a good arm. My arm has always been my top tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, my power arm, even behind the dish, dude, I'd, I'd love to just like back pick at first base with the guy one foot off just to show off the arm, you know? Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When high school and whenever I was playing, dude, I would, I would throw every single opportunity I had back backdoor guys at second base, even third base. Um, But he said, let's, let's get you on the mound. And in my first bullpen, I think I was up to like 97, uh, with, uh, with like 24, 25 inches of vert, you know, inches of horizontal. Um, so it was a pretty special fastball profile. Uh, I actually think I dented the uh, the clubhouse door, which is which is way <laughs> further from the bullpen than I would like to admit. But dude, the next day, the next day after my bullpen, I showed up and uh, the construction team was at our field putting like a steel-graded plate on top of the, bull, uh, on top of the uh, clubhouse door with a few dents in it already from my bullpen the other day. Um, uh, that's awesome. But, um, but, you know, yeah. so that's when I got converted. You know, Coach Checkets and the data analytics team at Santa Barbara ahead of the game by far in terms mm-hmm. of track and reps, all of those things, um, and they saw my fastball and they said, you know, you probably have an opportunity to, to contribute your freshman year as a pitcher. And I was very hesitant. Um, took me through a full season where I wasn't really bought in yet, but then by my sophomore year, I was I was pretty bought in and. Had some success. My sophomore year, got invited to the Cape. Uh, first outing in 2019 in the Katua Kataliers and the Cape Cod League toward my UCL uh, mm. it was a, t- a tough process. Honestly, it was yeah. it was a mental grind more than a physical for sure. Um, 2020 ended up being COVID, so that would have been my draft eligible year. And I remember. Dude, that was a that was a dark time for me. That was that was that yeah. was a bad time mentally. I was in a bad headspace. Um, you know, it was twenty-four months of of Tommy John recovery, which anyone who's gone through Tommy John, or know somebody who has like did you, you spend two hours with like a two pound weight doing like little exercises like this? And it's just things that just are not fun to do. Like you just don't enjoy doing it, but you know, you have to do it and you've got to do it every single day for 24 months in order to come back and hopefully be just as good as you were before you went down. So, and you were doing it in the middle of COVID, like in yeah, the middle which, of, which in retrospect, I think like not that anyone benefited from a global pandemic, but um, if I look at if I look at the timing of of my Tommy John trying to pull the silver lining out of it um I I I really it it couldn't have happened at a better time just because I I, I had so much time to do my recovery I was not in a rush to come back for the season if I was sore I could take an extra day which is a luxury that that uh, most guys going through Tommy John don't have Um, that
1: makes sense no it definitely makes
0: sense yeah. And then came back from my senior year. Uh, I think my first three outings of the season, dude, I, I was like, Oh, this game is, I, I was, it was on easy mode. I think I went like, I think, I, I think I went three innings with like eight strikeouts and three saves, like the first three starts, <laughs> first three appearances in college. And I was like 97 plus touching 99, flirting with a hundred could never get it in college, but ended up getting in pro ball. But anyways, um, my 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 performance definitely declined just as the season went on, uh my senior season. So I went back out to the Cape Cod League for Catuit and they were generous enough to give me a spot for that year and I went out and blew it, dude. I had two appearances with like eight walks, couldn't get out of an inning. Um and I I originally I went out there to kind of boost in hopes of boosting right. growth, I think I actually heard it. Um but the Red Sox, as analytically analytically refined as they are, they, they saw my fastball and um took a chance on me. So after two years of professional full season professional baseball to be in double A and to be in the fall league afterwards, like yeah. I like where I'm at.
1: You've went, yeah, I like where you're at too. And by the way, when did you hit a hundred?
0: Uh it was my professional debut in the Wow, F- you're kidding me. The FCL. Dude, that was that was a crazy, crazy day. It was me, Wyatt Olds, and Jake Webb. Um, we threw the seventh, eighth, and ninth of an FCL game. And it was we still talk about that that day uh amongst ourselves. Dude, we were all covered out, just absolutely blowing cheese, like just dominated, dominated an FCL lineup. <laughs> I remember the I remember the, the FCL coach for the uh, it was the Pirates. He got up like in the set, in the eighth inning, it was just like what like what are we doing? Like <laughs> hands up to him, like oh, like, what, like this is just unfair. With like uh, three
1: people in the stance, right? I mean family and yeah, friends, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we were dude, we were absolutely blowing smoke uh back to back to back. And I don't know what it was, but it was just a, it was just a good time. So So did you know he had honored? Did you know? Uh, I knew that I was close based on the reaction, yeah. but like everyone, you, you can see everyone behind, uh, you know, the back how the back. Yeah. Are. Oh yeah. So you can see everyone right behind and they've all got radar guns. And so I could see that they're getting excited. And that was, that was making me even more excited. <laughs> so I didn't know I hit a hundred until I came off the mound and they told me, but uh, I knew that I was throwing hard. Dude, like, so
1: listen, like there's a lot of stuff that we get to. There's a lot of stuff that like you, you've accomplished, but I will say this. Put that check mark in your LinkedIn page. Put it in your profile. Because because I know Bayo, Brian Bayo, right? He has a tattoo, 100. I said, well, what is that? He's like, because I want to throw 100. Guess what he's never done? Throwing a 100. So there you go. I don't, yeah, I I don't know you sure if you want to get a tattoo, but... <laughs>
0: I'll give him a little bit of leeway. He just had a just had an incredible debut year with yeah. the yeah. The yeah, yeah no, I,
1: I'm not saying this is a be all end all believe me. I, uh hey, has anyone thrown hundred in, in the uh the AFL, the Arizona Fall League yet that you've seen?
0: Not that I've seen. Okay. I've
1: okay. Seen. Yeah. Which a is good. Of guys,
0: a lot okay. of guys come hard, but not a hundred. I mean, but it's at the end of the season, you know, and, and we played we just played 142 games. And to come out here and play another thirty, um, dude, I mean, it's a grind.
1: Yeah, and so that brings me like I, that brings me to what the Arizona Fall League stuff. So they tell you that you want to go, and they, like you can you can speak to a lot, I think a lot of like a lot of guys there about what this process is like and how it feels to be named to this thing to do one of these teams, and then what you expect and what the reality is. So first off, when they say, "Hey, we want you to go there." Was that on your
0: radar? One hundred percent. Yeah. Think, I mean, I think I think as a baseball player, like if you're not having the AFL on your radar or something to kind of, I guess, strive for, like, what are you doing? You know? Um, yeah. I mean, this is the second that they told me, I was stoked, and it's because sixty percent of everyone who's ever played in the AFL has made to the big leagues. Nice. And so so your odds, you know, you're playing the numbers game your whole life, right? You're in high school and it's like, okay, well, I've got a 0.01% chance of getting a D1 scholarship. And then you get the D1 scholarship and you're like, okay, well, I've got a 0.01% chance of getting drafted. And then you get drafted and you're like, okay, now I have a 1% chance of making it to the big leagues because I'm a 12th rounder and not that many 12th rounders make it to the big leagues. And then you get the call to the fall league and just yeah. like immediately, immediately the numbers flip and you go from like a one percent chance of making it into the big leagues to sixty percent chance. And so like if you get the invite, like how could you not be excited? No,
1: it's like the way you just put it is awesome. I'm yeah. not a math major, but I can figure that out. I'm like <laughs> Yeah, I like, like
0: numbers. I like numbers.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good. So so you go there. You first of all, awesome year with Portland. Awesome year across the board, um, as you said. You know your strikeout rate jumps up. Uh, you've pro ball. I'm sure. Like I'm sure. The, the, what's also cool for you is whether it's as you progress in the minor leagues or even in the Arizona Fall Leagues, the the accessibility of information, right? Uh, but of, of how we can geek out on this stuff. And, and you know, it's it's interesting to see, T, because I've talked to a lot of players about, well, you know, how do you distill that stuff? And everybody's different. There's no right answer to this about the perfect way to distill it. So how do you do it? How did you do it to the point where you have become so effective that you have landed at this place where 60% of the guys go to the major leagues?
0: Right. So I got to be honest with you, man. It's – uh it's easy to say that you're process oriented when you have shit results. And that's something that I've said a few times. Um, and so it's really easy for me to look back my freshman year of college, sophomore year of college, senior year of college, and even my first year, my first full season of professional baseball, I spent a whole year in Low A Salem, um, with like a four eight six ERA. And, you know, it's really easy to to say that I care about the process and I focus on the process when you have yeah. bad results. And You know, I think about today where I'm at, right? Like I've kind of made the transition this last year. It seems like this is the first season where I've become a performer, right? Like I'm not the guy that they're giving opportunities to, to develop. Like I feel like I'm the guy that's coming in to get the job done now. And obviously that's a balance. And so for me, you know, it's, I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about um, caring about results or, or oh my gosh now i've got a 60% chance like does that mean i could debut next year you know like what like what, like, what does that mean could is there a possibility i can get a big league from training invite if i perform well out here like those are all thoughts that are going in my mind and in my mind you know i've said this i've said this and it's 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 one of those things that's like it's easier said than done but i really 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 have bought into this concept that the AFL is just a period along the timeline Right, like 2023 season, like that's just one isolated period of time that somebody that somebody subjectively chose to look at my numbers from. So, so just like anyone can say, okay, in the last two weeks, I've done this, this, and this, and this, and like that might be really good. But you zoom out over over a longer time span, it's like that's not that great, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so when I say that the AFL. And I'm gonna I'm gonna touch a little bit on that tweet that, that you read. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that I
1: love it, man. It was a good tweet. It was like, and honestly, I thought you like were googling stuff and you just like plucking it out, but you didn't. I mean, this is you. This is great.
0: hundred percent. I, I I literally just hopped on Twitter and these were just like things that I was thinking, and I'm like, okay, how do I say this succinctly? And tried to just write it, and that's just what came. So, um, but no, I'm really bought into the idea that. The Arizona Fall League, for me, is just an extension of my process. It's just a continuation. Like, I don't have to perform. I've got to stay process-oriented. And I've got to focus every single day on my mobility routine to stay healthy, on my training room work to stay healthy, right? And I've got to be dialed in on my diet. I'm going to be dialed in on my sleep. I've got to take every single throw and catch play. I can't take those for granted. i got to be focused. I've got to be trying to hit a very, very small target with every single one of my pitches. And, And when it comes time to compete, I have the confidence in my preparation that whatever happens, happens. I'm curious to find out how this will go, but I know I've done everything that I absolutely can do to put myself in the best position to perform. And when I don't perform... It's, okay, well, why did I not perform? And if I can't point to a reason, I'm not going to try to figure out, like, I'm not going to try to make up a reason. If I genuinely don't know why I didn't why I didn't perform and I got unlucky, my first outing of the season, yeah, I had two walks and, like, that's going to happen, but I had two infield singles, right? So those infield singles, like, those are those are those are those are skewed results, and that's baseball. You know that's that's the game that we're playing. So I'm not going to drive myself mad trying to figure out what I what I could have done better. Obviously, I could have executed better and had limited the locks, Right, that's always been a thing for me. Um, but even this last outing, right, I had I gave up one hit in two innings, and same thing, infield single. And so if I look at my last three innings of work, my first week in the fall league, I've given up three hits, which I'm not a guy that gets hit. You know, and so for for three hits and three innings, like that's that's not normal. And I could drive myself crazy trying to figure out why I'd be getting hit but I'm choosing to just move on from it because that's baseball and those things happen. And it's just one isolated, small period of time. Those things will even out. I will, I will give up. I will, I will get an out on a 107 mile an hour line drive in the left center gap when my center fielder lays out for it. And those things will even out those infield singles. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really just my commitment to my daily focus, my daily routine and making sure that I continue to make progress
1: you know and the other thing and i'm going to give you some like i i'm going to give you some grace here because it's it's you're talking about three hits yeah but in this environment that you are in it's not the same like this is a, it's an environment it's like when you went to the cape right you're staying with a host family you're uh it's, it's you're playing with different people in this case you are in Glendale Arizona which i don't you know Glendale seems like a nice place. It's it's great, right? But I'm sure it's a lot of going from wherever you are, wh- wherever the new uh, the location you're living, to the field, back to the field, to eat, to whatever. You're getting to know new people. And all the while, you're playing against good competition. It's, again, there's a reason why there's 60% of the guys that go to the major leagues. These are the, these, these are the good guys. Not to say that the guys you were going against before weren't the good guys, but these are really good players. So I'm just saying, give yourself some grace, man. Like it's okay. It's okay. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> Here's the baseball's and boring pep talk. You're doing a good job. You know? go. Everyone, every once in a while, everyone needs that. Like yeah, everyone's, I'm, you know, I, it's, it's just, and by the way, you, you, you said how big you are, how much, so this is a, a very important question. I'm going to give you two important questions because uh, this is top of mind podcast. Uh, uh, I asked Sandra Bogarts and probably other people, how much do you bench?
0: Um, in the off season when I'm not throwing, which will not happen this year because I've only got a six week off season, uh, with the fall league. And then an early report, January 2nd, probably to Fort Myers. Um, my last off season training with platinum fitness in Summerlin, California, about 20 minutes South of, uh, of santa barbara peter park is an absolute beast the guy who runs it out there dude, i was working out with like adam levine orlando bloom uh wait wait, wait 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 what <laughs> yeah yeah you were? yeah yeah 100 i worked out with tyler glass now there uh when he came to visit um dude this this is probably the most undiscovered gem of of a trainer you've ever met in your entire life he was uh lance armstrong's um trainer he beat david goggins in a hundred mile race in santa Catalina by like three hours he said he was on the flight and goggins hadn't even finished yet oh, Dude, this, like, this
1: place sounds awesome this place sounds, incredible. i, I want to go like hang out there i don't want to bench <laughs> but i want to hang out there that's yeah. awesome
0: uh so I got up to three plates 315
1: oh man and so thank you like like every, it's bogus, I, I'll give him like whatever. He he's, he doesn't need to bench anymore. But it's no. but he's like I can't bench all these guys. All these baseball, I can't bench. Finally, someone. I did three plays. Thank you.
0: Thank yeah, I, uh, I love the weight room, and it's almost to a detriment, right? So, like in season, like I try to stay out of, I stay out of it as much as I can. Most of my focus is in core stability, mobility, those kinds of things, uh, balance. But in the off season, when I've got a six week period of time, eight week period of time, that you know I'm shutting down the arm a little bit, and I'm just trying to get yoked. Like that's 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 what I've gotten up to. So um, always trying to push the boundaries. For sure. I
1: want to get, I want to have like a bench off with Adam Levine. Like I wanna do
0: something. Hey, then, that dude is an absolute grinder. And that really? is something that people don't know, like that don't see. He was going on tour in South Korea and he was training for his tour. And Peter like had him working out with the baseball group and it's a bunch of professional athletes. And dude, he's kicking our butt. Like the dude is an absolute grinder. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> His assistant was working out with us. Like they made him, they made, uh, Adam Levine made his, made his assistant do the workouts with them. And the guy, I mean, the guys, I mean, the guys are grinding.
1: It shows you though, but it doesn't it? I mean, it shows you like this is, this is the element of professionalism and you've already, it's already ingrained in you, yeah. but it's the Adam Levine lesson. You know, it doesn't hurt, man. It doesn't hurt. This guy is famous. He's rich, He but he also knows he's, he's going to run around a lot coming up. In South Korea, you <laughs> know, so he's got to get going.
0: Um, they, shipped out, they shipped out like an assault bike for, uh, with him on tour, so that way Peter could like keep track of his workouts. Oh, really? Oh my gosh! It was it was oh, it was actually jeez. really cool to see just to see the kind of the behind the scenes of a guy like that. Where, in celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I. Uh,
1: I look over at my dad and I I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time.
0: Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. You know, you think, you know, you're not, you you can't really relate to him. Um, on the surface, but then you see him in the weight room and it's like, dude, I'm competing with you right now in the weight room. Like, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and also, like, he looks at you and he's like, I, okay, I want to, I, you know, I want your traps. Let's go. Uh, I wanted uh, the
0: 1971 Porsche pulled up in. That's what I wanted. Oh, really? <laughs> dude, it was clean. He you know, was in, in a new sports car every single day. It was sick.
1: Oh, man. Wait, yeah. Okay, goals, right? Goals. Major yes. leagues. I mean, I know that you get a signing bonus, but I don't – I'm not going like to do the cliche question what do you spend on the signing bonus? I hope you saved it. Did you save it?
0: The second that I got it uh less than twenty four hours later, I transferred it out because i had I was closing on an investment property that I just timed up the uh I timed up the deposit of my of my signing bonus with uh with the purchase and the close of an investment property. so literally as soon as I got the check and I signed for one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars so I mean honestly not much. But it really helped me out. And especially what I'm doing in real estate, like that one twenty five came at a great time and it really, really helped. But yeah, less than twenty four hours after it got deposited, like I woke up, saw it in my bank account. I'm like, oh, this is sick. Like that's a lot of that's <laughs> yeah. the most nervous in my bank account. And then the uh the second thought was, okay, well now I gotta Transfer this to the seller. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I it would have been it would have been a good story if you bought a seventy one Corvette. But I I admire that, and we're going to get into your real estate business in a second. Uh, the other question was um, the uh, your your former roommate Marcelo Meyer. Not not the interview I did with him to sit down, but at the All Star game, the Futures game, uh, I was talking to Jackson Holiday. You know, who was a pretty good player, and yeah. he's like he's like I said, what does it change the most for you? It's like the things that I sign like uh, are weird. And so I started asking guys and Marcelo was, "Yeah, I signed a prosthetic limb." So, I don't know if you guys got a good answer to that or not. The weirdest um, thing you've signed?
0: I signed a New York Yankees hat, which I don't feel I don't no, you didn't feel good about. It. No, I don't feel good about that one.
1: <laughs> but you're a nice guy. You did it anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm like, Come on, why, Are you really asking me to sign a Yankees hat right now? But, uh, <laughs> but I guess that's probably the team that the kid played for. Or yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, listen, you're growing baseball. Um, yeah, like, nobody really wants
0: my autograph right now. So, uh, Are you kidding me? Especially I after mean, this. holy! I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have a licensed card yet. Um, I don't have any card deals yet. Um so I mean I feel like that once you get a licensed card, that's where your guys start to ask you for your autograph. But also too as a reliever, like that's probably I mean, a reliever is probably the least I don't know, least interesting. You know,
1: you know, you know you know you know who I did a book, a best selling book with? That? A re- a reliever. Don't worry about it.
0: No, I'm not worried about
1: hey, it. No, either. no, no. I'm saying it. it's like this is the relievers are the like the new starters. The relievers of the Knicks, i superstars. I mean, I just walked into Dodger Stadium and there's a big mural of a reliever that's smacking me in the face. It's Joe Kelly. So, so and, and honestly, so this actually leads me to a question I had, which is we talk about your social media. We talk about you having a personality. We talk about doing this stuff, all of this. And I've talked to, and it's, we when we were doing the book, Joe was talking about how that – You know, they have the rookie development program or they have the like you sit down in the media training and all that. And I don't know exactly what they tell you, but there is there is some who take it to an extreme. Like I got to be super protective. And that's just how it has to be because I got to I have to adhere to what the organization wants. But I think that you can adhere to what the organization wants and still. Show your personality, which is what you do, and share your thoughts, which is what you do. And also, which I think is important, like it's important for growing the game in so many ways. It's important to grow in the game for people to care about the players. It's important to grow the game to actually do what you're doing, which is educate like these people who have gone whatever path they've gone through. So I don't know like if anybody – even maybe it's even talking to teammates about this stuff. Like, how should I act? How should I approach? You're going to be you, but how has that path been for you?
0: That's that's a really that's a really loaded question. I, there's a lot to unpack there.
1: No, uh, and listen. I've already got approval from Brian Abraham. He said you can say what <laughs> yeah,
0: No. Uh, to be honest with you, man, I think that. I'm just as confident in myself as I possibly can be. And so even if I do slip up and say something that maybe I shouldn't have, maybe if I act out of line just a little bit, like really is at the end of the world, you know, obviously, obviously there's certain like levels to it. But if I, if I say something that, you know, in retrospect, I wish I wouldn't have said it doesn't really bother me any because one, I know that like I make mistakes. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing sometimes. Um, and if I keep that pressure on myself while I'm trying to think, I'll just be mute Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't want to mess up. So I know that I'm going to mess up. Um, I know that I'm not going to mess up in such a dramatic way that it will negatively affect my career or the people around me, but I know that I will mess up. But then secondly, those mess ups are also really, really good for generating attention. (laughs) um um growing your brand so from like a media digital leverage perspective like i'm okay saying the wrong thing every now and again (laughs) it's kind of funny because because i got i got into a little bit of a of an argument um not an argument i'd like to say discourse uh, on twitter and i went back to go double check on it and the uh the fan like deleted all their tweets and i was like oh like i feel kind of bad about it um because they're talking we're talking about perfectionism and you know they're they're trying to be really empathetic and 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 you know tell me like don't strive for perfection whatever it may be but i was fighting back and you know there's just there's just times where the competitor really takes over and is just wanting everything to be so perfect and so i was i was pushing back and not in a like argumentative way and I was like, I, I agree with you to some extent, but the competitor in me, the, like, I, I've made the analogy. I'm like, I've got the angel and the devil on my shoulders, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah.
1: I saw that. That was a good one. Yeah. I
0: was like, I was, I was like, who do I listen to? You know, like, do I, do I, do I not strive for perfection or do I strive for perfection and keep striving? And there, I, obviously, there's some balance. And, um, there, the, the fan was being super empathetic and like super kind. And I was pushing back. I was pushing back. And so in retrospect, I'm like, maybe I pushed back a little too hard uh, because I think they unfollowed me and probably blocked me. Um, but it's OK because uh, you I can't worry about that. No, exactly. Exactly. And so I I, I, I my, my fault. My last message was like, I really appreciate your perspective. Thank you for articulating. Thank you for engaging with me. And I think it's really cool that we can have this kind of discourse out in public on social media um, and I agree with you to some extent, but there's just other voice in my head that just wants to fight back, wants to fight back. And so, you know, I think about the way that I handled myself in that situation. Like, I'm proud of, I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of what was said. I'm proud of what was done. I wish nothing, I wish nothing but good things for the fan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that maybe it was a little too strong. But that's just an example of like, I'm okay, I'm okay, not saying the exact right thing every single time.
1: Right, and and I think that this is the paranoia, and I, and I don't want to say paranoia, but the paranoia of I said I don't want to say paranoia, then I said it, but it's 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 the the why a lot of younger athletes, younger baseball players, put up a guard because I think there is that worry. Like I don't want to say the wrong thing, and I definitely don't want to get in the bad graces of my organization, and I understand all that, but at the same time. I think that if you're grounded in right and wrong, which is what you are, and you're grounded in like your convictions. And I will give an example. Like um, Tristan Cassis comes up to the Red Sox first day, everyone knows his story. First day he's out sunbathing in the outfield. Everyone's like, Well, what's he doing? Like, well that well that was his thing, man. Like that was his thing. And there's plenty of you talk to anybody. Who played in 10 years in the majors, I say. And they'll say from when they started, when they came up to now, it's polar opposite, where it was, don't you say anything, stand in the corner, don't you dare do you're like this, you be, which is so ass backwards. Because CT, like if you if you want someone to perform their best, like you're performing your best, you gotta be you, right? You can't be you can't be like don't do this don't do that because of your age because of your experience. You got to be you. And they need you to perform your best, right? You want to perform but they need you. There's a reason why you're with the Portland Sea Dogs. There's a reason why you're with the Worcester Red Sox. There's a reason why you're with the Boston Red Sox because they need you. And the way that, that you're going to perform your best is when you feel the best about yourself. And there you go. There's my soapbox about.
0: It. Couldn't agree more. I think you hit the nail right on the head.
1: Yeah, so uh, when you are in the AFL and you're around other guys and the other like this is a good thing, right? You're around other personalities, so that must be kind of like interesting, like to to get to know. Or are guys? This is a dynamic again. You would know that I wouldn't because I'm not in the AFL. But are the our guys pretty open to showing their personalities right away? Uh, do you feel like a team pretty quick there? Because um, everyone. To your point, wants want to do well for their own selfish purposes. That's right. You know, you want to, sure, you want to win, but, you know, it's it's a goal, it's an individual goal thing. What is the dynamic like in the AFL in terms of getting to know guys and who has jumped out in terms of actually having a personality where, like, whoa, let's go? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's
0: actually funny because if you were to ask everyone in the locker room, they probably would say that i probably come on a little too strong, uh, straight out of the gates. Like I show up and, and I'm, and I'm loud and I'm introducing myself to everybody, talking to everybody. Um, and for me, like it's not because I want the attention for me. It's because I want to make relationships. I want to form relationships and I know that that's best for my performance. And to be a leader on a team, like that only elevates everybody else's performance. So in my mind, like I'm okay. I'm okay feeling uncomfortable and putting myself out there when nobody else is. And everyone's just on their phone with their headphones in and their locker. room. I hate that. Um, Because, because, you know, they're, they're maybe, I don't want to say nervous, but maybe, maybe they're, they're a little guarded. Like, like you said, you know, everyone wants to perform well. I know how to get the best out of myself. um, And that's something that's always going to be changing, obviously. But I've also led a lot of clubhouses and a lot of teams. Um, And I know that, and I know that, To care about my teammates' performance means the world to my teammate. So I will always pay attention to the games. I will always look at the box score, and I might be in the bullpen the whole game, but just know if you go two for three with a double and we lose, I don't care. I'm coming into the clubhouse. I'm smacking you on the butt and saying, hey, good job today. And just that alone means the world to them because they don't expect somebody in the bullpen to be paying attention to that close. I ask them, "Hey, that one zero slider that that started strike ended up ball that you that you took and you spat on. Like, how did you see that? Did you see spin early, or were you just taking it out of the hand? You know?" when I ask really specific questions like that, and they go, "Oh no, I was taking it out of hand. I knew that they weren't going to give going to challenge me, or whatever the answer might be." That's pretty much irrelevant. But the but the relevant thing is. I'm paying attention mm. and I'm taking stock in your career and I'm a fan of you and I'm a fan of what you're doing. And I know that that is how to get the best out of people is to care about them.
1: And, um, yeah, it's so true. It's so yeah. true. And, 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 and you're going to have a month with these guys, month and a half, whatever. But if by doing that, like that'll, that's lifelong. That's like, that's, that's a lifetime of, Hey, I remember 20 years ago when CT did this. Who is, who, I know you've only been there a little while, but give me three guys there who you're like, holy shit, they're really good. And, and maybe it's, you know, it could be your teammate, could be someone on the other team. I don't know if three guys jump out at you. And maybe, you know, next week when we talk, it's somebody different. I don't know. But right now.
0: Yeah. Um. The first name that comes to mind is a bullpen arm. Uh, his name's Jordan Leisure with the White Sox. He was traded at the deadline from the That's Audrey. right. Yeah, the guy is an absolute stud. Super chill, super low key. We're in the bullpen, just chopping it up. And uh, he he honestly mellows me out, like just talking to him. Just kind of just kind of recenters me. So um, that dude is an absolute beast. And honestly. I've got no idea why he was in the minor leagues this last year. Like, like dude's got to be knocking on the door.
1: Was he and, in the, he was in the, he speaking of like circle of life, Joe Kelly, Lance Lynn
0: trade. Um, maybe I actually don't okay. know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, yeah, I recognize. So yeah, that's, that's a good one. Nice.
0: Yeah. The dude, the dude is an undercover beast. Um, <laughs> with like the loosest arm action I've ever seen. Dude's got a three pitch, four pitch mix. Maybe that's, that's, that's disgusting. Big life on the fastball. Um, Probably the hardest thrower in the bullpen, but just good dude. Real, okay. Real, real, real solid dude. Um, another one is Jacob Burke. Uh, he was a, I think he was an 11th or 12th rounder with the White Sox. Um, but kind of one of those undercover guys. It was funny. We were in the clubhouse and whenever you get a package that like, like waiting for your locker when you get to the field, you, you know, you get, you get all excited. And so I had this huge package and I'm like, oh, let's go. Like, I've got a package, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big one. And I look around and Jacob Burke and like a couple other guys have the same package. And so I'm like, mm, well, that doesn't make me feel special anymore. I go uh, open the package and it's uh, it's like a gift bag for my agency from Beverly Hills. Shout out to them. They hooked it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I found out that he was in the agency just because he had the same box. And so uh, it was kind of funny to, to be like, dude, we were talking this whole time and we didn't even know that we were in this part of the same <laughs> um but that's been that's been a really cool relationship uh that's kind of honestly uh taken off relatively quickly uh and for the sake of this exercise i'm like i not i'm not saying anybody in the red sox i think that I think that the Red sox are really unique in that we all have really close relationships with each other like the, you could definitely tell that the Red sox players and this is no this is not a dig on any other organization this is only to brag about my organization and the organization I'm with. Like the camaraderie between the guys here in the AFL with the Red Sox is like far and well beyond any other camaraderie that I see in the clubhouse between any other organization. Well, and again, that's not a knock on those organizations.
1: No, no, no. That's it's it's good. And again, because I know that Brian Abraham's monitoring your every move, he'll be <laughs> listening to this. He appreciates that. Yeah. And, I mean, uh,
0: I mean, the, the culture starts from the top, it really does.
1: Yeah. So, my, so. So far, you've made a lot of White Sox feel, people feel good about their future because the first two people you named were White Sox guys, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you got a third one?
0: Yeah. Um, and now uh, you made the White Sox comment, maybe I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right.
1: No, I mean, this. us go. Three for three. Uh, go I mean, ahead. Paulson
0: Montgomery. Paulson Montgomery. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I think mm-hmm. he's the – I think he, he might be the hi- – the highest rate, you know, the, listen, MLB pipeline does a great job. Um, our guys, Sam Dykstra is out there right now, talking to people talk to your teammate, um, last night. Uh, but, uh, I think Colson Montgomery is the highest rated guy there. Am I wrong? I'm I okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> let yeah. it be said, let it be done. But yeah. So Colson Montgomery.
0: Yeah, no, he's a, uh, he's a good dude. I, I I like watching him field. He, uh, him and Marcelo move very similarly in the infield, just real smooth. Obviously they're like, they're, they're taller shortstops. They're tall for the position, but just the way that they move is, is. Super athletic, super clean, super smooth. And it's funny because, you know, I'm on the bucket shagging during BP and he's fielding ground balls and I'm talking shit to him and he's talking it back to me. And, you know, he gets a ball, he's throwing it at the L screen and you know, we just have we just have a good time with it. So um it's been really fun. But yeah, it's actually kind of funny that I named three white Sox guys. I didn't even think about
1: that. No, no, it's good because they've been down the dumps. They need something to be optimistic about. So there you go. Yeah. I'm just i serious. Uh we, we do have Pedro Grafal on uh once and off season. Um so uh by the way, Marcelo, um this just jumped to mind. Uh teammate of yours at Sea Dogs, Alex Benalis He says he can beat Marcelo Meyer in a race. Did you know this?
0: Uh I did not. But you didn't I didn't hear this? Off. So, so, I have to so this is like get off to hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the, but this is what the story is. So this has been a constant thing. So we I did a lot of podcasts with Alex Benellas, great personality, great guy. And uh, he said, you know, then we were in spring training and so he claimed that he could beat Marcel in a race. And evidently he was sitting in those whatever the hotel rooms, keep pulling up a video of him running as a 14-year-old of this is how fast I am. And they're like, you were 14. You were 14. So... Yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: I don't think you could, but. <laughs> it's
1: all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the races. Races and bench press conversation are always fun. Um, all right. Finally, I appreciate your time. And uh, I want you to talk about the other projects you have outside baseball, because this is another important thing. And And, you know, you're a young man, but it's never too early to think about other things. And like we talked about the initial time on the phone, it's good. It's good for your mind to, to deal with other stuff, man. It just is. And you're doing it at a, at a very high level with very creative stuff. So just talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. Thanks for opening this up. You know, when, going back to my Tommy John experience, you know, I, I touched on just how tough the a time it was. And I guess to understand like what I do off the field probably starts with that conversation because It was a self-identity crisis when my entire life, every single year I played baseball. And then for 12 months, what I thought was going to be 12 months when I tore my UCL, turning, turning into 24 months of no baseball, dude, I had no idea what to do with myself. I was like you know what do i do if i'm not if i'm not working out if i'm not at the field if i'm not hanging out with my teammates cuz obviously with the covid like you can really you couldn't really hang out with the entire team um but it was it was it was it was a it was a self identity crisis it really was and you know of the things i really had to take i really had to take stock of like okay what are my other interests like what am i actually interested in other than baseball like who else am i besides Christopher Troy the baseball player And so thinking about that, you know, I'd already, I, I, typical, typical kid with a limited stand mentality growing up, like, uh, super entrepreneurial, super, like putting myself out there and played chess growing up, you know, really, really liked numbers, really, really liked finance. And at this point I probably had like two or three single family homes with one of my best friends, Jake Cosgrove. Um, his dad was a big mentor for us. And and we started buying rental properties together, I don't know, when I was probably 19 years old. So I think that's probably February of 2019, 2018, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but at this time, I already had a couple couple rental properties. We were trying to just figure it out. Um, but during that time, that's where I really, really, really took advantage of the time that I had, the extra time that I had on my hands, and advanced my, my interests and my hobbies outside of baseball. And so... You know, starting with those first couple real estate uh, residential uh, single family home rental properties, um, we've since scaled, and I've and I've got a portfolio with my parents, obviously, and now we're looking at a multifamily with uh, with some with, with some other with some other groups we're looking at apartment complexes. One of my good friends, Cole Mueller from UC Santa Barbara, uh, started a tequila company out out of college. It's called Octavio. If you like tequila, try it. It's definitely. Um, <laughs> Value is definitely there. Um, but he brought to me an Airbnb deal uh with a properties pad out in Indio, California, like two blocks from Coachella. So that's been something that uh we've been kind of working on. I put a group message together. I want to see who's in this group message. Um, but <laughs> my, my friend Cole Nealer brought brought me this deal, and him and his dad are doing it. His dad's been a been a mentor of sorts for me as well. Um, but I've got a group message with a bunch of Red Sox guys uh, and I, I passed, I passed on the, uh, I passed on the deal to them and I've got it right here. It's Marcelo Hickey Cavadas uh, trying to think who else, uh, but just a few guys. So like, like, like that shows you how close we are within the Red Sox organization that, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're also friends off the field, but also like, we make business moves together. Like we're talking, we're talking business. We're talking, we're talking finances. And it's because it's because the best baseball players in the game, you're going to play until you're 40, 43 years old, 44 years old. If you're really, really, really lucky. And that's only the first half of your life. Hmm. And And so thinking about that during the, during my Tommy John rehab, I'm like, if this is how I'm feeling at 19, 20 years old, because I can't play baseball for a year, what's it going to feel like when I'm done playing baseball? You know, and so over the over the last few years, five, six years, like really, really have have dived, have dove into the real estate space, um, the financial space. I've always got deals coming through. I'm always looking at deals, always on Zoom talking about them. Um, but it's been it's been good for the mental because yeah. and, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the phone. So I'll yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: When 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 you have a good outing or a bad outing, honestly the bad the good outings are harder for me to flush than the bad ones, um, which is pretty backwards, but we'll get that's a separate conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um but but when I'm sitting down and I'm talking about now, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, um it's it's I don't have a choice, but to be focused. I don't have a choice, but to think solely about what I'm doing and what's in front of me, because these are big numbers and like they, 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 they affect my life in a big way. So to be thinking about my last outing is like, I can't do it. I just, I, I don't have the space to even think about what I, what I have to do at the field. But then it's great because the second I turn that off and I hang up the call and I close my laptop, I'm like, okay, now baseball. And, and I go through my day. I go through my routine. I know what I'm going to do. Get home from baseball. Okay. What do I want to take away from it? Okay, good. Shut that laptop down. Okay. Now real estate, family, whatever it may be, whatever interest I have off the field. And it's been really, really helpful for my self identity, um, but also just for mental clarity um, and consistency sake to, to have other things that, that, that interest me.
1: Yeah. It's so true. And I, and, and you're, you're a good friend, a good teammate and a good example. That's why this is the Troy story. Let's go. All right, man. I look forward to it. It's uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. I could talk to you for uh, like eight more hours, but we'll do that.
0: So much more to say.
1: I know. I know, (laughs) but it's, 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 it's a good start, man. It's a good start. And I, and uh, I think it's, it's helpful for a lot of people. And it's, and it's also, it's helpful for me because it's, you're just a fun guy to talk to. So there you go. If you were a fun guy to talk to, I would have done it for an hour, but here we go. We're done for an hour. All right, man. I appreciate it.
0: Bradfield, you're the man. I'll see you uh, same time next week.
1: All right. Sounds good.